Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Film Code. Thank you so much for stopping by and clicking on this episode. We're so happy to have you. And we are talking the new James Bond movie, No Time to Die. Couldn't be more excited to be joined with these guys. Couldn't be more excited to be talking about it. My name's Nathan Pig. Excited to be joined by Brandon and Zach. Brandon, how's it going? Man, I am good. It is. It, it's good to be back and talk about like this, like our previous episode. What did we talk about? I th- what did we talk about in our last episode? Venom. Okay, yeah, we did talk about Venom. It's good to be straying away from talking about a Marvel movie again because it's just like now, like Marvel content has just been hitting us like crazy lately. We've had Loki, What If, Falcon Winter Soldier um shang chi and then now um up uh, venom and then in like two weeks we have eternals which is crazy so it's good to be talking about films other than marvel again and uh yeah uh, it's gonna be back nathan how are you doing buddy i'm good i'm good thanks for asking zach welcome back we're so happy to have you on again how you doing yeah good thanks for having me again guys i'm uh, super excited to talk about this um Right before I went to see No Time to Die, I rewatched all the Bond films with Daniel Craig in them. So I was super excited to see see this movie and get to talk about it with you guys and and see you know kind of dig into it and see uh, you know what everyone thinks. That is a topic that I cannot wait to bring up, specifically the previous Bond films and how it relates to this movie. But mm-hmm. starting off, however you're listening to this, please go ahead, drop a like, subscribe. Check out some of our other episodes. I know it's cliche. I know every podcast you listen to asks you to do it, but it really does go a long way. Just a couple of seconds of your time, a couple of clicks really does help us grow. Um, and we would really, really appreciate it. So no time to die. Why would I betray you? We all have our secrets. We just didn't get to yours yet. The world is arming faster than we can respond. Where's 007? I need a favor, brother. You're the only one I trust for this. The world's moved on, Commander Bond. You were double O. Two years. So stay in your lane. You get in my way. I will put a bullet in your knee. I thought you two would get along. Name? Bond. James Bond. So you're not dead. Hello, Q. I've missed you. It's the most valuable asset this country has. If you feel yourself losing control, I'm not going to lose. Uh, The final James Bond film starring Daniel Craig, who ends his five-movie run as James Bond. Uh, just an absolutely incredible time. But this is the first movie, at least from what I can remember, that got delayed due to COVID-19. And I remember we were very confused. We were very heated. We were very naive. What do you guys remember about that time? About when what came out? When No Time to Die was delayed. It was the first oh movie delayed because of COVID. I, I'll be honest. Looking back at it, like when the pandemic first started, I like uh, nobody expected it to be at the scale it was. 
so like i remember my final time at the movies being um for invisible man and i remember seeing trailers for no time to die and that like i saw tickets go on sale for them i'm like sweet i'm gonna get them literally the day after the day before i was gonna buy my tickets is when oh all theaters are closing uh no time to die is getting pushed back and yeah screw you guys i'm like damn it well the crazy the crazy part is and not to reminisce too much but before everything shut down this was delayed this was so ahead of the curve and i know that obviously the pandemic was out there before it really hit the u.s before it really shut down theaters but no time to die really was ahead of the curve and delayed Mm -hmm. until what was then december 2020 and we were we were like what it what a joke no, those words never came out of my mouth, but I know people who were saying that. Yeah, there were people um, who were and saying not that. taking it seriously. And like I said, that's the how naive everyone was. Um, so that's scary. But uh, Zach, do you remember anything like that happening? Um, I don't remember the specific moment that that happened for No Time to Die. Um, but I do remember like in the beginning, like I, I don't really watch the news much. So when I did hear about movie delays, I was one of those people who was like, I don't understand why like, that's happening and then like little that i know like it was much more serious than i anticipated so yeah i mean i think everyone was just really in shock with things being delayed then especially movies like i don't think anyone would ever foresee you know the movie or like the like the theater industry like shutting down so um you know but i'm glad it's back i'm glad no time to die is here um i'm really happy to talk about it so yeah absolutely one thing I do want to mention is like, it, you know what sucks is because like when it got that November release date, I'm like, all right, sweet, we can manage this. And then it got pushed back again. But what sucks is like, because like theaters are fighting to stay open, like not open, but stay in business during this pandemic. And like, okay, I hate to keep bringing up the pandemic, but like when it got pushed from November of last year to October of this year, that was the final nail in the coffin for a lot of cinemas like Regal, like a lot of Regal's closed. The one by me is shut down. Um, a lot of like local theaters had to close. It's unfortunate. Like um, I, if you guys check out my Twitter, like I literally have like I have the two hashtags in my bio, which are hashtag safe cinema and hashtag support local theaters, because two of the biggest things that I love are one Disney like uh, stuff that isn't family one Disney two of the movies. And one of those is getting taken away from us slowly, but surely. And it's very unfortunate. And it's definitely not Disney. Um, so, and it's no secret to talk about how much money this movie is. And maybe we were overplaying it a smidge, but we're actually not because this movie makes a ton of money. It blew Shang-Chi out of the water for its opening weekend. Um, And Bond movies historically are huge revenue generators. So the fact that it was pushed, you're right, was devastating for theaters. But we are no longer living in that time of movie delays. And, you know, while the pandemic is still a problem, at least we finally got to see this movie. So this movie stars Daniel Craig, of course, uh, Lisa Du, and if I mispronounce her name, I do apologize, returns as Madeline, 
as well as uh, Ralph Fiennes returns, as well as Christoph Waltz, as well as Naomi Harris and Jeffrey Wright. But we have some new characters played by Rami Malek and Lashana Lynch and uh, Billy Maxigan, Ana de Armas. Absolutely about- stacked cast we have here for this movie. Uh- I was about to say, yeah, your 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 future uh, imaginary wife on a day or month, <laughs> and then you said on a day or month. I would not complain about that, but otherwise, <laughs> no comment. Um, and then, of course, this is directed by Carrie Joji Fukunaja, and I again apologize if I did mispronounce that, but he directed uh, Jane Eyre and Beasts of No Nation. So this is really the first big movie that he directed and i think he did a fantastic job so uh, let's get right into it non-spoiler reviews if you're still here and you haven't seen no time to die we are going to give some non-spoiler thoughts real quick and zach i'd love to start off with you yeah absolutely i mean as far as no time to die goes i mean everything for me just went right with this movie um i mean from the very opening credits to the music to um the action scenes to the plot line how how everything ties into to basically the i guess the technically the daniel craig bond universe like i mean this movie is in my opinion just phenomenal um i would re-watch this in theaters over and over to be honest like it was so worth that experience um i i love this movie and uh in my opinion uh rami malik uh playing the bond villain here um he did such a great job with portraying that character. I love that villain. To me, it's probably one of the most memorable Bond villains I can remember um, from the movies I have seen. So um, I, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, it was it was definitely it was definitely a great movie. I'd rewatch over and over in the theaters. All right, Brandon. What do you think? I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to follow up with Zach here and say I really enjoyed this movie. Um, I also want to agree like I will probably go back and see this in theaters. Like I because I took a I took out a couple months of AMCA list just to while all these films are releasing. I'm like you know what screw it may as well um, take out some AMCA list because I don't feel like spending over and over and over and over on movies. So. Um, this will definitely be a film I'm going to go revisit because I really enjoyed this. Uh, Rami Malek's performance was great. Um, he reminded me a lot of uh, Dr. No, but we'll dip into that. And spoilers, um, Daniel Craig, as a final send-off to Daniel Craig uh, of his like Bond series, I think he, per- he, I think he got perfect character closure. And again, we'll, we'll uh, bring that up more into the spoiler discussion, but overall, performances were great. Score was great. And uh, Billy Eilish's No Time to Die opening was fantastic. Okay, that is just the perfect transition to me. As you guys both know, I am just obsessed with when this song comes in the movie. I'm excited to talk about that more, but that really feeds into the whole opening. The whole first half hour, 25 minutes. Oh my God. I mean, I think the Suicide Squad already gave us an iconic opening for 2021 that is going to go down in history because the suicide squads opening is ridiculous. This is right up there too. Maybe even better Um, with what this opening scene entails. And we are still in the non-spoiler portion. It lets you know what you're in for immediately. And 
that's a situation where it's going to be a long time till I feel like that when I did in the theater. Cause that was absolutely crazy. Um, I am going to disagree a little bit with you there, Zach though, on, on Rami Malik. And it has nothing to do with his performance. I think what he was asked to do, he does very well. I don't think there's anything wrong with what he does specifically. Um, I don't like his villain. I don't like his character. I think he's underused and he's not in it enough. Um, but that's just my opinion. And, and we will get into that. And as far as just an overall movie to, to cap off my non-spoiler thoughts, it's just a blast. I mean, this is a great movie. Um, it's not without its couple of holes in my mind, which again, we will get to, but um, overall brilliant, brilliant movie. Um, really enjoyed seeing this in theater and this was this was just great this was great any other non-spoiler um comments for the folks who have yet to see it this is not um <laughs> this is not uh well this guy i guess is tying to james bond uh phoenix one of our co-hosts is finally watching casino royale um i'm surprised he just like he just like he changed movies because he was watching spartacus but um, he's now watching Casino Royale, so it is. I'm excited for him to finally get through all these Bond films. Um, but yeah, let's break that seal of spoilers. All right, perfect. So we're gonna break the seal and talk spoilers here. Um, if you have not watched No Time to Die yet, this is your final warning to get the heck out of here and then watch it and come back and listen to our perfect thoughts on it. Um, but I'd like to hear a little bit more. Actually, you know, let's just start with the opening because it sounds like we're all as glowing as ever about it. Um, who won't, who wants to start? Let's talk about this opening. I'll let Brandon go. I'll go first. Um, okay, so I got to see this film in IMAX. So right off the bat, I was I already knew I was in for a great experience. So the entire first, like, I guess 20, 25 minutes up until after Billie Eilish's like cover was like all expanded aspect. So getting to see that plus just like 25% extra of like film was cinema. Like it was, eye, that was like full pure eye candy. And I'm, I'm glad it just like, you can see like it's like immediate it's, the opening is like an immediate sequel to specter which i love because um you spend all this time setting up um you spend all this time inspector setting up the uh, the romantic part between madeline and james and then they eventually ride off in the sunset inspector and turns out um that love is short-lived because um what do you know another james bond villain uh, enters the realm and raises some chaos so um trust is shaken and i really enjoyed the the route they took of this like they they set it up in the way that they could literally push it back five push it back five years to like current day because of like where where it was inside like the and just as far as a setup like in game like you had this entire opening scene and then something that happens causes them to be away for five years and you don't really need to know about their story. And then boom, five years later. To me, this opening was just absolutely breathtaking. 
it was not just because it was scary because it kind of was it was just breathtaking the cinematography is gorgeous um in the winter aspects of it all getting to see those long shots like you talked about from inside the house looking out towards uh Rami Malek's villain walking up and then just the daughter with her mother and everything that's going to happen it was it was scary it was scary and how young Madeline eventually gets the better for the moment of um Safin, Safin, excuse me. I'm just going to say Rami Malek's villain. Um, gorgeous, 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 gorgeous. And that's the true opening scene of the movie. And it was, it was devastating in all the best ways. I loved it. I loved the cinematography. I loved the score. All of it was just perfect. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, I mean, I would, I would have to agree with you guys. Um, there's just so many great things that happened in that opening scene and you know i mean for as great as this like poor james bond like honestly can't get a break right i mean like every time that he tries to have this moment of peace and something comes up for him but it was honestly a great opening scene um i love when they cut from her under the ice madeline the character madeline under the ice and then it's showing her in the water in italy and um or sorry it was greece right greece yeah yeah, so it was in Greece, and then I love how it transitions into that, and it's like, oh, what are, you know, what are your secrets and all this, and um, you know, and then you know, as we go on throughout the rest of the opening scene, you know, it brings up James Bond past, which ties in so perfectly from uh, Casino Royale and his love with Vesper and the trust issues, and I mean, it was it was phenomenal, and then the blowing up of the plot that they did went with of blowing up Vesper's grave from the Bond villain um, and then making him think it's it's Madeline and then him not like, you know, basically saying, okay, like, I don't, you know, this is the last time you'll ever see me because he thinks she set him up. Like that, I, I love that storyline. I loved how they played that. Um, I I really, really enjoyed the opening scene. It was and awesome. it's And it's great action with the car. Yeah, absolutely. The car chases and the, the guns in the car and the gunfights and- Yeah. And yeah. Bond trying to outdo these assassins chasing him while he's got nothing on him, no yeah. guns, nothing. Oh, it was perfect. It was perfect. And then it feeds into the greatest use of song in movie history. Oh my God. I'm, I'm obsessed. You guys just don't even understand. Like it's just the way that she is on the train car and she's running towards him and the scene is just coming to an emotional close. And then the start of the song, just it hits. And I knew the song immediately because I had listened to it months before this movie came out. So as soon as the first few notes hit, I knew exactly what it was. And then the train disappears or he disappears as the train moves on. We see the view from inside the train. And then that's when the lyrics start and you see the first title card pop up. It is honest to God, perfect, not only for the use of it in the scene, but what happens to matching up with what happens in the song. You know, the first couple notes hit it, it at the most emotional moment in the scene. And then the first title card pops up right as the lyrics start. And it's just it's masterful. It's masterful. I feel like I'm the only person alive that's talking about it, but I love it. 
And um, I just can't get enough of it. And then, of course, James Bond movies, especially the Daniel Craig ones, known for their opening title sequences. And it's so untraditional in cinema nowadays, isn't it? It's so untraditional. People just want to get right to the movies. There's never true opening credits that take up the entire screen. But mm-hmm. I love this tradition of the Bond films. I really do. It's, it's another gorgeous one. Any thoughts on that whole I, artistic relay? Dude, I totally agree. Um, like, I love how they were able to blend some of the, like, because uh, James Gunn did this with Suicide Squad. Like, he would he would blend, like, the cast list and stuff into, like, elements of the film. Like, uh, I ha- I'm, like, talking about Mer- uh, Suicide Squad real quick, but, like, when they kill off uh, Merle's character, um, Michael Rooker's character and it's like his the blood from his head is like um WB presents or DC presents they kind of did that with no time to die like they did with the the song yeah yeah with the song some of the things that were great with that they would show off the cast list like that but also I dude I love the clocks because like because I love how like every theme like every like every opening has a relation to what the film was going to be like with Casino Royale it was like poker themed um skyfall which is the best opening um has like had the uh him just getting sucked in to the vortex basically and then specter um i have i have to rewatch the specter one but um that one involved with the ring and stuff and then um but this one this one was just like I, I like I like I said earlier, eye candy because they I, I'm I'm rambling on, uh, but yeah, uh, I really enjoyed that opening and I loved the the theme elements of it. Yeah, absolutely. Any any thoughts on the like opening title sequence, Zach? Um, I mean, honestly, man, I I loved it. I agree with you on how they transitioned into it. I think that was beautiful. Um, and then also the graphics that they used for the song, I loved it. I love the graphics they use. I know it's it's tradition in Bond films to do that, but I mean, every time I, I see one and the graphics that they use for the opening song and stuff like that, it, it's it's gorgeous. I, I love what they do with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, getting fully into the movie, this was my biggest problem. And let me communicate my, as an individual, problem with my experience. This is not a problem with the film. I'm not coming after the film saying this is an issue I see. This was an experience that was true to me and a problem that I had. I did not rewatch the the movies before this. I did not rewatch them. Skyfall was one of my favorite movies growing up. I know that movie very well. Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace. I haven't seen those in probably five or six years. And then Spectre, I hadn't seen since it was in theater. So likewise, six, seven years. That was a big mistake. It was a big mistake. And again, I'm not going to sit here and bash No Time to Die for, oh, it connects to the other movies because, yeah, no, duh, it connects to the other movies. It's part of a franchise, it's part of a universe. I made the mistake of just not rewatching them beforehand. And that's completely on me. That's not on the studio. It's not the studio's job to say, hey, you need to know this. And here's the other thing that I put myself at a disadvantage. 
longtime listeners of this show know I don't watch trailers. I don't. I think trailers spoil the movie a little bit too much nowadays. Maybe not spoil is the right word, but they give too much away. I think trailers give too much away. I prefer to go in as blind as possible. So maybe if I had watched a trailer, I would have seen a character. I would have heard about Spectre. I don't, I don't know. But I put myself at such a disadvantage. And when I watched No Time to Die, absolutely loved it. I really enjoyed it. But there were several plot points that flew over my head just because I was unfamiliar with the movies before it. And that hurt my individual experience. My buddy next to me watched all the Bond films beforehand. Loved it. No gaps in the story for him. He could explain everything to me like he wrote the script. But for me, they would talk about Spectre and they'd go to that dance with the, the, the first time him and Ana de Armas meet. And then there's Christoph Waltz's character. And for me, all that went over my head. And that's just unfortunate because I can't sit here and talk about the plot as in-depth as I want to. And that just kind of stinks because that's on me. But I know that you guys didn't have that experience. So I want you guys to talk about the plot of No Time to Die and how you think it feeds so well off of its predecessing movies. Okay. Uh, Brandon, you mind if I, I go first? Yeah, go first. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, like this film tying into the other Bond movies, perfect, perfect storyline. Like it, the way that they portrayed the storyline and how they continued it on into into this movie was in, in my opinion flawless because it's not like that they just you know they don't go through one by one and be, you know try to remind you like it's just so subtle in the things that they say and the points that they bring up like they're not trying hard to do it it's like if you're a bond film and if you you've watched these movies like you know what's going on and the way that they bring them up is honestly incredible because it's not it doesn't feel forced it's very natural and I mean, I, I love the entire plot line of this story. Um, it was for me because I did watch them right before up until that point, it was a great experience. And to see it all kind of come full circle is was really good. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's on me, right? I can't sit here and bash the movie for creating a sequel. <laughs> like I just, I can't do that. But I felt like I would be fine. I felt like I would be fine. I made the mistake. I know now for future times. Brandon, what about you? As far as tying into the previous films, I think it did really well. Um, I love how just every single film in this franchise just kind of bounces off of each other. You start off with Casino Royale, and then you jump right into Quantum of Solace, and it's just like follow-up from the end of one. And then, like, Skyfall kind of differs away because of that time gap. But like Skyfall sets up that uh, this is like, I guess, like it feels like the trilogy of these, like the beginning of the trilogy of these three films, because you have Skyfall, which sets up everything. You have the original M dying, which brings in um, uh, the other M played by Refines. And then you have um, Spectre, which sets up the main villain and. Oh, I want to say the main villain of this one, but like sets up the faction, the main faction, I guess that's a way to call it, of this one and just how the past of James's, uh, the, the ramifications of James's past, Spectre's past, Double O's past, just like all comes, all comes together and just unfolds into um, 
I feel like I feel like this film was just his entire third act to those two films. So that makes sense. Perfect. Well, I, I I would be remiss if I didn't talk about real quick how much I love the title of this movie. Now I've gone on record just to talk about the title and the song. So I know I'm talking about the relevant stuff here, but <laughs> I have to. I think this is what easily one of the best movie titles ever. I don't think I'm ambitious saying that. In 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 a era where we're in the reboot era and the remake era, it's easy to just call things what they used to be. It's easy to get really lazy with names. Personally, I hate TV shows and movies that are just named after the main character. I just I don't like that. Young Sheldon. So no Loki for you. Loki. <laughs> WandaVision. Um, I could count, I could think of several more. Batman. Like it's just I think that's so lazy. I think that's so lazy. And and with Batman, I get it because that's so marketable. But yes, WandaVision, Loki are prime examples. Young Sheldon. Like, please name your movie something else. And it's just so non-creative. So to see a movie with the title. That is just so creative. Not only that, it's sweet. It's sweet. Like Casino Royale is an okay name to me. Quantum of Solace is an okay name. And then Skyfall Inspector are just not, they're nothing to me. No time to die. Oh my God. That is a killer name. Right now, that's in my top three movie names of all time. I'm just, I, I'm just throwing that out there. But getting back to the movie itself, the action, absolutely oh. stellar. I think this is the best action um, than in, in a movie that's come out than we've seen in a long time. I can't remember a better movie that's come out lately with better action. Um, what did you guys think about just general, the stunts and everything like that? I don't know the stunts coordinator's name. Uh, I'm gonna have to look this up. But um, the the action sequences, the the stunt coordination was great. Um, um, sorry, I'm typing this up. Um, Ana de Armas posted a video of her like on set training, like doing training for her action sequences. And uh, Lee Morrison was a stunt coordinator, but. Um, I honestly thought the action as far as like, like I'll, I'll use like the John, I'll use the John Wick reference. I'll say, I'll, I'll call it the John Wick. There was a lot of John Wick type action sequences in this film. And I don't know what like Phoenix has against John Wick, but like that, this felt a lot like John Wick to me in this entire third act of, um, just the final like 10 minutes of the film where James is just going off, killing everybody. Um, the, like the grenade that gets thrown at him, he tosses it right back up. I'm like, let's go. And then he like 10 gets tossed right back up. I'm like, damn. So they, they didn't pull. I, I, I feel like they didn't really pull any punches when it comes to action. Um, Honor day or mass kicking ass was awesome too. So. All right. Yeah. Zach? I keep I keep I keep stumbling on my words. I'm sorry. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, the action for me was incredible. Um, I, I really think they did a good job of portraying it. Uh, the cutscenes for the action, I mean, nothing was really confusing um, about it. It was very straightforward. I do think, like Brandon saying, it was very much John Wick-like, definitely in that third act. I mean, yeah, the, the whole part where he's throwing the grenade back up, that was that was awesome to me. Um, and I mean, just the, throughout the entire film, I mean, it's it's all action and it's it's really awesome. There's never, it seems like a dull moment. They give some moments for storyline, but besides those moments, which are really well done, like to me, it just, it's, it's action packed. Like I, I can't get enough of it. I thought it was done really well. Yeah, absolutely. So what else did you guys really love about this movie that we haven't hammered home yet? What is something that you've been dying to talk about? Uh, James Bond, Steph. Sorry. Go ahead, Brandon. Cut you off there. James Bond's death. Um, Part of me saw this coming, but at the same time, I didn't want it to be true. Because, like, yeah, I knew this was his, I knew this was Daniel Craig's final film, but I thought they were just going to let him, like, finally ride off of the sunset or just live in peace. But, he, yeah, he, but he died. Um, I think his sacrifice was really good, uh, gave him perfect closure to his character. Because, like, you, you look at, you look at deaths, like, I'll, I'll use the MCU for example. Any death that happens in the MCU, you're like, oh yeah, they're coming back. That that they'll find a way to bring him back. With this, with this, with this, there's no way to bring him back. So I thought it was perfect closure for his character. Great sacrifice. Uh, Rami Malek, like just being the one to like not kill him, but be just the reason he can't leave when those missiles are coming is just beautiful. Um, and like there was this there was a lady next to me like just bawling her eyes out when that scene happened so uh really talk to your yes that yeah. surprises me i it surprised me too so um but yeah to, uh, top tier scene for me uh i won't say it's the best part of the film but it, it's up it's like on top five of like film sacrifices um, yeah, I would, I would agree that that's a big thing. Um, the other thing I want to talk about though, um, cause I don't want to talk too much about that since Brandon just brought it up. Um, I, I will kind of like play into it a little bit, but, um, the whole plot line of the weapon they're using, the fact it's like a bio weapon, like did no one else find that like unique and like, I mean, I know other movies do it, but the way they did it, I thought was really unique to a a Bond storyline and the way that they went about it. I, I love the whole plot of this being the weapon. Um, and obviously, you know, when this movie was going to come out, no one knew what was going to happen. So the fact that it's so relevant to kind of what's going on, even in like times right now, I mean, it's just, I mean, that's it. It just, to me, it mirrors like today's world very well for what's going on and I think a lot of people could relate to it so the fact it released now I think it was I mean I know they obviously didn't intend for that but the fact that it released now is just so um cool the fact that that was you know the the basically like the main weapon uh in the movie um and then I liked at the end like you know you go through all these James Bond movies and you know, James Bond can't trust anyone. And like, 
Love that. And then the I, I'm going to tie into what Brandon said about the closing scene. The fact that it's like, okay, now he finally trusts someone. He loves someone. But the thing that kills him ultimately and the reason he gives up is because the people he loves, he can't touch or be close to. Which like, perfect. So it's like, so the, the, when he finally does, he never is actually at peace with what it is. And I, I do think it's perfect closure to the character because, you know, throughout the whole thing, throughout every movie he's done, he can't trust anyone. And the moment he does, like, he's he can't be even close to them. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a really great ending. I'll have to agree with you there. Um, man, you, you brought some you brought some new light on that, actually, because I didn't even think about that of just him not being content with it. But it was just the card he was dealt. Um, yeah. Yeah. And um, the other thing, too, I would say is I don't know about you guys. I was crying like that. That last scene to me was so sad. I loved it. My wife was crying. But then again, we saw it together as a couple. So maybe, you know, maybe it's different. But yeah, it was uh, that that to me was a really, really sad ending. I was not I knew he was going to die, but I didn't know. I mean, I should have known they were going to try to pull up my heart. So. Uh, I, I agree with you. Um, I was so- not crying, actually, uh, just to I- let you guys know. <laughs> Nathan is just like stone cold. He's like, I'm I'm reviewing this this movie. There is no emotion. (laughs) (laughs) I am a robot reviewing this movie. (laughs) No, I I think they handled his death really well. I do. Um, I think that obviously they could have done something where he has to live with this virus for the rest of his life and he can't touch anyone because obviously they'll die. Um, But... It's just, I think this was the more appropriate way to do things. I just think it is. Um, I agree. It's sad. It's crazy that it's coming to an end. But I still think this was the more appropriate thing to do. And that's crazy. And I think it was handled so well. You're right. It would have been so cheesy if Rami Malek's character shoots him and he dies. Because we're like, oh, some rando gets the kill on him um, after all this time. Um, it was, it was very earned. It was very earned. Like, how can we kill the legendary, the iconic James Bond? And I think this was a viable way to do it. I really do. I agree. Um, so what I want to mention is now that Daniel Craig's bond, like is passed on, I feel like we've just spent so much time in this world building like everyone keeps talking about, oh, who's going to be the new James Bond? I don't even want to think about that. Me, I'd rather have, I want to say spinoffs, but I want like, I want to dive deeper into like each, since we've already been established in this world for over like 10 years, almost 15 years now, is I'd rather explore more into these characters, such as on their Moss's character, Q, M. I would love to see more of their characters because we've just grown to love them and know them already. See, I, I do disagree with that. Um, I, if they came out tonight when we finished this recording and said, we're making a Q show, I would, I'd be like, why? Like, this is such an <laughs> obvious money grab to me. Um, it, it's just so not needed. And, and that's my opinion on it. And I'm glad that we disagree. Cause Obviously, that's what makes the world go round. But mm-hmm. um, 
Do you see where I'm coming from, though? I think that, I think there's potential, absolutely. But for me, I, I don't want I don't want to see anything like that personally. Um, it, even an Ana de Armas show for me wouldn't get any arouse out of me. Well, you know, she she's just not interesting enough of a character. I don't think anyone is for their own spinoff show. Even the 007, the new 007, she did a fantastic job in this movie as well. We haven't mentioned her much at all, but she did a great job. Yeah. I, I don't even want to see her in anything because it's just, this movie is what it is. Please don't become Disney and just make a spinoff show for everyone. And every little side character that gets 10 seconds gets its own show. Um, please don't do that. But, but I'm glad that I do agree with you, Brandon, in the sense that let's slow down. Let's move. Let's not just say, oh, yeah, who's the new James Bond now? Because, listen, we're not getting that for a while. We're not getting that reveal for at least a couple months. I would be stunned if they give that news out while this movie's still in theaters because they want it to make mm-hmm. as much money as they can. Exactly. Sorry, Zach. Be- I didn't would- I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, you're fine. No, I was just going to say, I would agree with Nathan on this. Like, don't get me wrong. I love my MCU. I like that. You know, I'm a big Marvel fan. However, when it comes to other movies, I think Marvel is unique in its own sense. Um, And the same with whatever Disney does. Um, I I would prefer if they didn't make spinoff shows of characters just because like, like Nathan's and honestly to me like how can you top such an interesting character like James Bond you know what I mean I I I would agree with that um now if they released it I would honestly probably watch it um just just to watch it and see how how it how they do with it but it's not something I guess I would be asking for do you guys um have any problems with this movie what are any problems um if you have them what would those be it's it's tough for me to think about that um i I, because when it comes to my star rating i'll have to tell you in a minute but it's hard to think of any like i would like yeah i i guess this film has a couple potholes here and there but like there's no need to hound on that because just like this is just the end of things. I'm trying to think about that actually. Do you what what do you got? What do I think? For me, and and I already touched on this briefly, it's the writing of Rami Malik's villain. Um, I, I think that he can definitely pull off menacing. He definitely can hold his own with whatever character he's portraying because he's a great actor. And I think he does a great job portraying the character. The problem is the character isn't written nearly to how good I think the character could be. And I'm really interested to hear your take on it, Zach, because you loved this character. Um, for me, it just didn't work from a writing standpoint. It seemed like he was just kind of there to to be the guy that works behind the shadows. And I get it. You don't need someone who's the Joker in every single movie who's in your face. Um, I like the diversity of what villains can do, but he wasn't in it enough to feel like a threat to me. And there was also so much going on with Spectre and with Madeline that this kind of took the back seat. Like 
his character took the back seat. And I know that he was involved in the grand scheme of things, but his character took the back seat. I agree. uh, Okay. So I really like this character because I I really honestly love the backstory. The fact that he's tied in with Madeline, their families are involved with each other. I mean, basically killing each other essentially. Right. Like, you know, um, I really thought it was a good backstory um, for her character because when we are in Spectre, right, we don't really, we don't know a whole lot about her as much. This villain gives her more of a meaning in the movie. Um, I think, honestly, the, the way, like, as far as what he's weaponizing and what he's trying to do, and the fact that, like, it, so for Spectre, right, it's like the, the guy who works behind the curtain and everything. And this is a guy who ultimately destroys that guy. And for me, remember, like, recently just watching Spectre and seeing how much of a threat the villain in Spectre was. And then, know, like, the fact that he killed that guy <laughs> using biotech, like, I mean, that to me was genius. Like, I, I, I love the fact that they didn't use just a, you know, a bomb, an explosive, a gun, uh, a huge missile. The fact that they went with a bioweapon and this mm-hmm. character was so crafty and how he like basically executed every little thing and who he wanted to kill. I mean, just phenomenal, um, in my opinion. Um, and when, you know, he's taking... Uh, Madeline and their daughter and I, I thought that was a great scene he's talking about the garden he's talking about his childhood and how his dad would bring him here and he's like he's got this eerie feeling about him because you know he says that uh you know I grew up here now you're gonna grow up here um I really like that I I don't know I I really enjoyed this villain um I thought he was kind of a mastermind in the way that he was executing things more so than even previous Bond villains. Um, I really thought he was, a, he was a wonderful villain. That's really interesting to hear. It, it is. And that, I guess that I wasn't thinking too much about that first scene where he kidnaps Madeline again. But um, it, it's absolutely an important one. Brandon, what do you think? Yes and no. Um, being the being the key to killing off the villain from Spectre as far as kidnapping Madeline, yes. However, I do think it worked in the sense of he had a plan to kill Bond and release this poison. So I, I'm, I'm just throwing my thoughts out there. Um, Bond knew he, what he was, uh, not Bond, uh, Rami Malek's character knew what he was doing. And like, he knew either way that he wanted, he was going to have Bond killed by taking the, the, the thing he loves most. So when he kidnapped uh, Madeline and the daughter, um, using them as the pawns to get Bond on that island and just the setup of that was great. Because like, at that point, because like even the, even when he took the daughter for insurance po- policies, she bit him. He let her go. He's like, you know what? Screw it. Bye. Bond's already on this island. You're all gonna die. I'm leaving. 
Right. So I think that I think that entire setup worked. Okay. Okay, perfect. What what else did you guys not like from this movie? If there's anything, I know you guys have been very glowing, which is great, but we we yeah. needed more honor de Armas. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I would have loved that personally. Uh, I, yeah, I was kind of disappointed she was not in there for more than the one scene. I, I loved her character too. Um, I, yeah, I wish I would have seen more of her. Um, although, but, and then also the 007 that they did have, like, I do like the character. Um, however, I wish like they would have, she just seemed kind of like there to me. I don't know if you guys felt that way. Like I felt like, like she, she was involved, but I don't know. To me, she just did not stand out as a character. Um, I, I just wish there was more there with her. Like we don't know much about her. We just know she was picked. I mean, I know they can't explain everything in, in the movie, but um, I would have liked to know more about her. Um something like that now maybe if like brandon's saying if they did a spinoff series of that of you know this is who this character is like i I would probably really enjoy that just so we kind of understand who would have taken james bond's place um but in the movie i just felt like i didn't get enough from this character i really didn't um also like the way that they killed um Oh, what's his name? The Felix. Felix. Yeah. The way they killed Felix to me was like kind of basic. I mean, he's been in there since Casino Royale. And I just wish that, I don't know. I wish they would have killed him a different way. Um, Like the fact that he just died so easily to me. I don't know. I, I didn't like that part of it. Um, and then can we talk about like the, the super weird, like agent, the double cross him, like the, I, you I know what actually, I'm saying? Like Logan Ash, I was actually going to mention that guy, that guy, I, I did not like him as a character. I mean, he just seemed kind of like, oh, we just need someone to like tie this all together. Like, I mean, I yeah. guess that's what they needed him for, but like, <laughs> I don't know. I did like Cyclops. I did like Cyclops. Like, I mean, that character, the villain from the opening scene, the guy with the eye. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, phenomenal villain. I, I liked him as a as a side villain. Like, I, I really love that character. I agree. Yeah, I think he was a good character. You're right. The whole um, double cross was not done great. It was all right, but it certainly lacked some depth it was a little obvious too yeah um they they kind of missed the boat there you're right it seemed like a way to just progress the story forward and that's kind of cheap when that kind of thing happens but um i'm glad you brought that up this movie just has such a great cast that it's easy to get lost in its characters but and again i don't watch trailers so maybe i just misinterpreted this but it seemed like ana de armas was all over the marketing for this movie and then she was in one scene two scenes i mean yes and no um she was in a lot of principal photography photos but i hardly saw her in any marketing after that other than principal photography okay 
Okay. Remind the general folks who don't know what principal photography is. All right. So principal photography is like at, right after a film like wraps, they release some set photos of that are just like basically shots from the film, but also not. It's like they're like all dolled up in their and uh, in their in their costumes and like set pieces, and you get like a like a pose from them. And Honor Moss had some awesome set photos, uh, like print photography photos. And when that when those got released, I was like, all right, cool. Honor Moss is in this movie because I didn't know that leading up to that, leading up to uh, that being released. But after that, I hardly saw her in any marketing, like any trailers or anything like that. Yeah. Okay. Zach, am I wrong for thinking that? Um, I think honestly, I think the thing with Hannah Armas, like she's stunning, right? Like, I mean, so you see, I mean, the, the principal photos Brandon's talking about, I mean, you see those, I think that anyone who sees that and the, like the way that they made her like in the principal photos, the way that she looked in those probably made her out to be a bigger player than we were in our, like it was it was making her out to be a bigger player that she just was not in the movie um so although yes like there was Brandon saying there's not much marketing after that I think the way that they portrayed her in, in in those photos and the way she looked we just were assuming she would play a bigger role she's a bigger name I mean you know what I mean yeah yeah absolutely she's definitely marketable but yeah. <laughs> um, guys, what else? Any other thoughts on No Time to Die that you want to talk about before we go ahead and wrap this up here? Um, I just oh. want to know your guys' thoughts on the 007 replacing them because you guys haven't said too much about her. So I wanted to get your thoughts real quick. I didn't mind it, honestly. Like, because, like, okay, all right, I'll just use the, the I'll just use this as a reference. Me, currently an intern. If I left the company that we worked for and they just, uh, of course, they're just going to find another intern and fill them in. Okay. That's how it was with this. Okay. Like, yes, 007 is such a sacred number to us because we know who that belongs to throughout the past, like almost 60 years of watching Bond films. But, oh, I mean, of course, we're not 60, but like just the, the amount of Bond films that have right. been released yeah. and like, it's just all 007. So this was a twist for her getting the 007 number and just her revealing that because you have uh m's like get me double O's like she's like where's 007 because you think because then it cuts to daniel craig i'm like all right cool they're gonna go with him but it's 007 they're going to get him so like i like how they just passed it off have passed the number off even though it's just so sacred to us them passing off that number just to, to another random character worked so I want to say something real quick before Nathan gives his thoughts. So I'll have to disagree with you because in the movie, right? The people in the intelligence agencies know who 007 is. They know who James Bond is. The CIA knows who he is. Even the guy, the guy, you know, who played that, the, the guy who smiled, right? And like double crossed him. He says, I'm a huge fan. And every person before that knows who James Bond is. They, you know, 
so to say like he was even though it's iconic to us it may not be iconic to him I, I don't I would have to disagree with that just because within the movies they do portray that him and the association with that number is a big deal you know I don't know that's just my thoughts to me it wasn't something that I thought about until you brought it up um, yeah. So I didn't think it was a big deal and, and really I'm, I'm fine with how they handled it. Um, I think they more, more so thought like, you know, let's just bring someone in to replace him. Someone who we think did a great job. And she obviously was very talented to get to that point. It's not like they just brought anyone into where that number and while she didn't have the stature and she had big shoes to fill, I'm sure she proved herself very well to do that. And I didn't, I really didn't think about it until we started recording here. Um, but I, I was, I was totally fine with it. I agree. I was fine with it too. So, all right, let's wrap this up. Um, no time to die. Brandon, what's the final score? Oh, okay. So I originally gave it five stars. Uh, you 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 review five stars a little bit different than i do mm-hmm. i really enjoyed between like i'll actually have to keep it at five stars because um i was the first time i watched it i was going based off of what i watched but um now we talked about like a few plot holes here and there i was ready to move it down to a four and a half but my experience watching this film still i think keeps it up at a five star so i'm going to keep it at a five star um i don't know if you guys are going to say the same i definitely don't think nathan's going to say the same because he gives very little five stars zach what did you think yeah i'm uh you know i'm gonna have to stick with my original rating i'm gonna go with five stars that was my original rating um like even when nathan's asking me here like what you know what did you like i was really scrambling to even think of something I didn't like and to be honest like with all the movies so far I think this year from what I've seen I haven't seen all of the movies um, but from what I've seen so far this year um, this is something so far that I think if I had to pick one movie to go back and rewatch, it would probably be this that theater experience is so incredible. I just don't think it can be replaced by any other film that I have seen so far this year. So for that, I'm going to have to give it five stars. I think we got to wait. I think we got to wait a week and then we'll reconvene for when Dune comes out and we'll reconvene on that answer. (laughs) Um, But for me, it's a four stars, four to five. And I I do want to put a disclaimer that I had gaps. I had gaps and that's on me because it's been years since I've seen the previous Bond films. And if I had that extreme knowledge of it, if I had rewatched them and I knew that universe going in, I would have understood it better. It's not like I was completely lost. I still have a functioning brain. I still understood what was going on, but a lot of the references to prior movies went over my head. Some of the scenes with certain returning characters went over my head I think I just would have enjoyed it. Not, I think I know I would have enjoyed it more had I known that stuff. So that is on me for now. It's a four star. That doesn't change the fact that Rami Malek wasn't written the way that I think he could have been. Um, and that doesn't change a couple of other little things that we talked about as well. It's a four star for me right now. It could upgrade. Um, 
in the future, depending on what I watch. But you brought up a good point. I want to bring this up real quick. So far, we're in mid-October right now, 2021. I want to know, what is your guys' best movie of 2021 at this point in time? Is it No Time to Die? Is it something else? What do you, Not most rewatchable. What do you think is the best movie of 2021 so far? Can Zach, you get back to me? Can Zach, you what do you, Brandon, you can go last. Zach, what yeah. do you think? Okay, I'm just going to say I haven't seen, as like besides the Marvel and DC movies, I haven't seen a ton this year. I haven't even seen Free Guy yet, and I need to watch that. No, you um, don't. <laughs> I yes, figured you would say that. Um, however, from the movies I have personally watched this year, I would put this as number one. And that's surprising for me, even because I'm a huge Marvel fan, and that's always been like, my favorite franchise ever to follow um however this to me when i compare this to black widow when i compare this to shang chi i mean it just blows both of them out the water i mean this this was really well done okay i'm I'm still i'm still holding to the demon slayer movie um i think no time to die is a close second but i i really enjoyed the demon slayer movie what are you talking about? You have no clue what a demon slayer is, do you? What are you talking about? Are, like, are you being serious that you don't know what I'm talking about? Or are you just like being sarcastic? Oh, like the animated movies? Yeah, the, yeah, the, uh, the demon slayer animated movie. Okay, okay. For me, it's the Green Knight. Um, I am that guy that loves those highly metaphorical, highly divisive um just absolute make you watch eight youtube videos to get eight different theory movies um that's totally up my alley and and i think the green knight's the best movie of 2021 at this point in time again we'll have to reconvene in the week and see if dune has changed any of that but um regardless that was no time to die hopefully you guys enjoyed this like i said please go ahead If you're still here, if you're still listening to us, chances are you've enjoyed yourself at least somewhat. So if you could please subscribe, however you're listening, drop a like, a thumbs up, um, whatever the rating system is, we would really appreciate it. And please go check out our other episodes. We have so many other episodes. I think you could just leave us on loop for three or four days straight and never turn us off. And we'd still be going for three or four days. Um, If you do that, please let me know because we want to meet you. But um, the bottom line is there's just so much content here at Film Code. I know there's hours upon hours of stuff you'll love. So please go ahead and check out our other content. Zach, where can everyone find you since you had the best takes today? Oh, I appreciate it. Um, Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter at Zach, which is Z-A-C-H. Last name is Sneath. S is in Sam. N is in Nancy. E-A-T-H. And letterbox, and letterbox is. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm I'm new to this. Give me, give me one second. Um, I believe it is Z sneaks. Let me just double check that really quick. Sorry, Brand- I should have been more prepared. For Brandon, that. where Brand? Where can the people find you while while Zach's looking at that? There you go. All right, Z sneak. Brandon, where do people find you? You guys can find me at F-A-N-T-A-S-M-I-C Ears on Twitter and Letterboxd. That's Fantasmic Ears. Check me out over there. Uh, Check out what I've been watching. Uh, Lately, I've been just binging through the Scream franchise. 
I watched one and two yesterday. Plan to get to three and four later on this week. I got Halloween Kills tomorrow uh, as of this recording date, 10-13. So I am super excited for Halloween Kills. Um, I'll probably post a review about that after I see it. Dune's coming out, so I'll be reviewing that as well. So yeah, check me out over there. And yeah, thank you guys again for listening. Yes, and my name is Nathan Pig. You can find me on Letterboxd at Nathan Pig. Please go ahead and follow the show over on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at FilmCodePod. You're really missing out. We do a ton of great stuff over there to interact with you guys, post some great questions, uh, and just love to talk about movies. So chances are, again, if you're still here, you love what we have to offer. So check us out over there on those platforms. I know you will love it. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Zach. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next time here on Film Code. Thank you, guys.